When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. This program is a Duads collaboration with Purple Radio. Content warnings may be found in the episode description. Duads presents The Three Musketeers Episode 11 The Duke of Buckingham D'Artagnan! Oh, oh it, it is you! It is you! Oh, thank God, thank God. <laughs> yes, it is I. I am whom God has sent to watch over you. Was it with that intention you followed me? Uh, no, no, I confess it, it was chance that threw me in your way. I saw a woman knocking at the window of one of my friends. One of your friends? Without doubt, Aramis is one of my best friends, and- Aramis? Who is he? Come, come, you won't tell me you don't know Aramis. This is the first time I've ever heard his name pronounced. It is the first time, then, that you ever went to that house? Undoubtedly. And you did not know it was inhabited by a young man? No. By a musketeer? No, indeed. It was not he, then, who you came to seek? Not the least in the world. Besides, you must have seen that the person to whom I spoke was a woman. That is true. But this woman is a friend of Aramis. I know nothing of that. Since she lodges with him. That does not concern me. But who is she? Oh, that is not my secret. Constance, my dear Madame Bonacieux, you are charming. But at the same time, you are one of the most mysterious women. Do I lose by that? No, you are, on the contrary, adorable. Give me your arm, then. Most willingly. And now? Now escort me. Where? Where I'm going. But where are you going? Ah, you will see, because you will leave me at the door. Shall I wait for you? That would be useless. You will return alone, then? Perhaps yes, perhaps no. But will the person who shall accompany you afterward be a man or a woman? I don't know yet. But I will know it. How so? I will wait until you come out. In that case, adieu. Why so? I do not want you. But you have claimed... The aid of a gentleman, not the watchfulness of a spy. That word is rather hard. How are they called who follow others in spite of them? They are indiscreet. The word is too mild. Well, madame, I perceive I must do as you wish. Why do you not deprive yourself of the merit of doing so at once? Is there no merit in repentance? And do you really repent? I know nothing about it myself. But what I know is that I promise to do all you wish 
if you allow me to accompany you where you are going. And you will leave me then? Yes. Without waiting for my coming out again? Yes. Word of honour. By the face of a gentleman. Take my arm and let's go. <laughs> so, uh, how was your day? Ah, oh, well, apart from my escape from the Cardinal's men, near recapture at my own abode, a madman rushing around my apartments with a sword, then hiding in the bedroom of two men, one of whom I know nothing about, and the frantic sneaking back to the Louvre of the poor, and the subsequent nighttime excursion where I thought I was to be abducted now? Rather pleasant. And yours? Everything was going well until you accused me of working for his eminence. It was a valid assumption. Only the Cardinal's men have a reputation for being so slippery and sly. Slippery? Oh, but all is forgiven, Constance. It's worth bruising my pride and other areas for the chance to spend time in your charming company. Mm, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> uh, good. Good. Madame, I have been meaning to ask... Ah, finally. Rue de la Harpe. Now, Monsieur, it is here I have business. A thousand thanks for your honourable company, which has saved me from all the dangers to which, alone, I was exposed. But the moment has come to keep your word. I have reached my destination. And you will have nothing to fear on your return? Ah, I shall have nothing to fear but robbers. And that is nothing? What could they take from me? I have not a penny about me. You forget that beautiful handkerchief with the coat of arms. That which I found at your feet and replaced in your pocket. Hold your tongue, imprudent young man. Do you wish to destroy me? You see very plainly that there is still danger for you, since a single word makes you tremble. And you confess that if that word were heard, you would be ruined. Come, come, madame. Come, be more generous. Confide in me. Have you not read in my eyes that there is nothing but devotion and sympathy in my heart? Yes. Therefore, ask my own secrets, and I will reveal them to you. But those of others, that is quite another thing. Very well. I shall discover them. As these secrets may have an influence over your life, these secrets must become mine. Beware of what you do. Oh, meddle in nothing which concerns me. Do not seek to assist me in that which I am accomplishing. Rather, place faith in what I tell you. I have no more concern about me. I exist no longer for you, any more than if you had never seen me. Must Aramis do as much as I, madame? This is the second or third time, monsieur, that you have repeated that name, and yet I have told you that I do not know him. You do not know the man at whose shutter you have just knocked? Indeed, madame, you leave me too credulous. Confess that it is for the sake of making me talk that you invent this story and create this personage. I invent nothing, madame. I create nothing. I only speak that exact truth. And you say that one of your friends lives in that house? I say so, and I repeat it for the third time. That house is one inhabited by my friend, and that friend is Aramis. All this will be cleared up in a later period. No, monsieur, be silent. If you could see my heart... You would there read so much curiosity that you would pity me, and so much love that you would instantly satisfy that curiosity. We have nothing to fear from those who love us. You speak very suddenly of love, Monsieur. That is because love 
has come suddenly upon me. And for the first time, and because I am only 20. Listen, I'm already upon the scent. About three months ago, I was near having a duel with Aramis concerning a handkerchief resembling the one you showed to the woman in his house. For a handkerchief marked in the same manner, I am sure. Monsieur, you weary me very much, I assure you, with your questions. But you, madame, prudent as you are, think if you were to be arrested with that handkerchief, and that handkerchief were to be seized, would you not be compromised? In what way? The initials are only mine, C.B., Constance Bonnesieur. Or Camille de Bois-Tracy. Silence, monsieur. Once again, silence. <sighs> Since the dangers I incur on my own account cannot stop you, think of those you may yourself ruin. Me? Yes, there is peril in imprisonment, risk of life in knowing me. Then I will not leave you. Monsieur, Monsieur, in the name of heaven, by the honour of a soldier, by the courtesy of a gentleman, depart. There, the midnight sounds. That is the hour when I am expected. Madame, I can refuse nothing asked of me thus. Be content, I will depart. But you will not follow me. You will not watch me. I will return home instantly. Ah. <sighs> I was quite sure you were a good and brave young man. Your hand? I... Oh. <laughs> I wish I'd never seen you. Well. <laughs> well. I will not say as much as you do. What is lost for today may not be lost forever. Who knows? When I shall be at liberty, that I may not satisfy your curiosity. And will you make the same promise to my love? Oh, <laughs> as to that, I do not engage myself. That depends upon the sentiments with which you may inspire me. Then today, madame. Oh, today I am no further than gratitude. Ah, uh, you are too charming and you abuse my love. No, I use your generosity, that's all. But be of good cheer, with certain people everything comes around. Oh, you render me the happiest of men. Do not forget this evening. Do not forget that promise. Be satisfied. In the proper time and place, I will remember everything. Now then, go. Go. In the name of heaven. I was expected at sharp midnight, and I am late. By five minutes. Yes, but in certain circumstances, five minutes are five ages. When one loves? Well, and who told you I know a fair of a lover? It is a man, then, who expects you. A man! <laughs> well, the discussion is going to begin again. No, no, no. I go. I depart. I believe in you. Adieu, madame. Adieu. Back to the garret, then. Ah, uh, but I kissed her hand! Oh, I should think I'd never want to leave Paris. Oh, poor Athos. He will never guess what all this means. He would have fallen asleep waiting for me, or else he will have returned home, where he will have learned that a woman had been there. A woman! With Athos! Ah. Ah. After all, there was certainly one with Aramis. Now, all this is very strange, and I'm curious to know how it'll end. Oh, badly, monsieur, badly. There is no use even coming inside. Monsieur, listening from up there? Don't you know it's rude to interrupt me when I'm soliloquizing? 
What do you mean badly? What's happened? Tell me, you idiot. All sorts of misfortunes. And I am no idiot. What? I am not an idiot! No! What misfortunes? Well, first off, Monsieur Athos is arrested. Arrested? He was found in your lodging. They took him for you. Who arrested him? By guards brought by the men in black whom you put to flight. Why did he not tell them his name? Why did he not tell them he knew nothing about this affair? He took care not to do so, monsieur. On the contrary, he came up to me and said, It is your master that needs his liberty at this moment, and not I, since he knows everything and I know nothing. They will believe he is arrested, and that will give him some time. In three days, I will tell them who I am, and they cannot fail to let me go. Hmm. Bravo, Athos. Noble heart. I know him well there. And what did the officers do? Uh, four conveyed him away. I don't know where. To the Bastille or Fort Levesque. Two remained with the men in black, who rummaged every place and took all the papers. And Porthos and Aramis? I could not find them. They did not come. But they may come at any moment, for you left word that I awaited them. Yes, monsieur. Well, don't budge then. If they come, tell them what has happened. Let them wait for me at the Pomme de Pain. Here, it would be dangerous. The house may be watched. I will run to Monsieur de Treville to tell them all this, and we will meet them there. Very well, Monsieur. I'll be up here. But you will remain. You are not afraid. Oh, be easy, Monsieur. You do not know me yet. I am brave when I said about it. Don't you remember? Besides, I am a Picard. Then it is understood. You would rather be killed than desert your post. Yes, monsieur, and there is nothing I would not do to prove to monsieur that I am attached to him. Thank you, Blanchet. It... it means a lot. Well, back to the Hotel de Treville again. <sighs> he... he what? Treville has gone to the Louvre with his company. To the Louvre? Oh, oh and I've no money to even pay the ferry. Oh, stairs, my true nemesis. Oh, the man of moon could never wound me in the side, so, oh, I must sit down. Oh, mon dieu, mon dieu, mon dieu. <sighs> Hurry now. <laughs> Madame, you've made me the happiest of men. Wait. Wait. At the top of the stairs, silhouetted by the light. Those two, they take the bridge as well. I shall pass them, then I shall see better. I pray only that my intuition leads me astray. She wears a black mantle with the hood up, and he wears the uniform of a musketeer, holding a handkerchief to cover his face. (laughs) But I know it is you, Aramis. I see you, Constance, hanging on his arm. All this ought to have ended long ago with a thrust through the heart over that handkerchief. Uh, Tonight, Aramis, tonight you pay for all your little words. What do you want, monsieur? It's not Aramis. 
No, Monsieur, it is not Aramis. And by your exclamation, I perceive you have mistaken me for another, and pardon you. You pardon me? Yes. Allow me, then, to pass on, since it is not with me you have anything to do. You are right, Monsieur. It is not with you that I have anything to do. It is with Madame. With Madame? You don't know her. You are deceived, Monsieur. I know her very well. Ah, ah, Monsieur. I had your promise as a soldier and your word as a gentleman. I hope to be able to rely upon that. And I, Madame, you promised me... Take my arm, Madame, and let us continue our way. Unhand me! Oh, die quickly. I'm in a hurry. In the name of heaven, my lord! My lord? My lord? Pardon me, monsieur, but you are not. My lord, the Duke of Buckingham. And now you may ruin us all. My lord. Madame, I ask a hundred pardons. But I love her, my lord. I was jealous. You know what it is to love, my lord? Pardon me, and then tell me how I can risk my life to serve your grace. You are a brave young man. That is something to respect. You offer me your services? Good. Follow us at a distance of twenty paces, as far as the Louvre, and if anyone watches us, slay them. Yes, my lord. Constance. (laughs) There. I see them disappearing into the Louvre. At least they got past the gates. My God! I just met the Duke of Buckingham! It's the Duke of... I have to tell Porthos! And Aramis! And Athos! God, Athos! How the hell are we going to save Athos? Please, Your Grace, don't walk so... So what? Arrogantly. You must pretend to be a musketeer, or they will find us. The Cardinal's spies are looking for us everywhere. The uniform of a king's musketeer cannot disguise such a bearing. (laughs) Oh, madame, a man such as I cannot simply forego his nobility. I do not fear Richelieu's spies. Better that they find me than I debase myself. Your Grace! If not for your own sake, then for the Queen! Ah, that noble lady. For her, I would do such labours as to embarrass Hercules. But you are worrying over nothing. Look, it is Monsieur de Treville's men who stand guard tonight. They will not speak a word to the Cardinal. If anyone should stop me, you will simply say that I am your lover. Sir! It is forbidden for a lady of the Queen to introduce her lover into the Louvre. Oh, Lepore knows the interests of the Queen. My enemies will not find me tonight. Of course, Your Grace. If they find us, we only risk my reputation, and of what value in the world is the reputation of the little wife of the Mercier? (laughs) Come, Your Grace, through here. Remain here, my Lord Duke. Someone will come. Oh. Well, it seems I find myself a prisoner. Nevertheless... I see no reason for an instant of fear. Am I not the same Buckingham whose life is a constant search for adventure and romance? This is not the first time I have risked my life in such an attempt. They call me Rash. That pretended message from the lovely Anne did indeed entice me into a snare. 
but I am brave also. I could have regained England already, but I have abused my enemy's entrapments. I will not depart without seeing her. Oh, those delicate hands I would hold in mine. <sighs> I have persisted through her refusal, and I will see her. If not for that foolish business with Madame Bonacieux, I should already have knelt by her side and professed my love three days ago. Hmm. Fine mirror, this. Quite adequate to reflect me. Oh, and this uniform, too, it does become me marvellously. Do all Frenchmen dress so? <laughs> well, they cannot wear it as I do. I am the most famous, elegant, and handsome cavalier in all England, and that on title alone. Two kings favour me, riches surround me, and England itself disorders at my fancy and calms at my caprice. I am a conductor of history, and it shall stand astonished down the centuries at such a life as I have led. No other man could lay claim to the same. The laws that constrain them cannot touch me. No, I shall go straight to my heart's desire. After I've adjusted my hair, of course. Oh, even though she is so brilliant and blinding that other men would be mad to approach her. But I have approached her dazzled her, and I will do so again. I have sighed so long for this moment, waited so proudly for her to grant me but one glance at her perfect countenance, and now it is so near. Oh, my heart swells with happiness and hope. Now if I lay my curls just so. Ah, there, splendid. Oh, Buckingham, you gallant, dashing man. Mm, she comes. Do not draw back your dress, my queen. Let me kiss the hem of your robe. Duke, you already know that it is not I who caused you to be written to. Yes, yes, madame. Yes, your majesty. I know that I must have been mad, senseless to believe that snow would become animated or marble warm. But what then? They who love believe easily in love. Besides, I have lost nothing by this journey because I see you. Yes, but you know why and how I see you. Because, insensible to all my sufferings, you persist in remaining in a city where, by remaining, you run the risk of your life and make me run the risk of my honour. I see you to tell you that everything separates us. The depths of the sea, the enmity of kingdoms, the sanctity of vows. It is sacrilege to struggle against so many things, my lord. In short... I see you to tell you that we must never see each other again. Oh, speak on, madame, speak on. Queen, the sweetness of your voice covers the harshness of your words. You talk of sacrilege. Why, the sacrilege is the separation of two hearts formed by God for each other. My lord, you forget that I have never said that I love you. <laughs> but you have never told me that you did not love me. And truly, to speak such words to me would be on the part of your majesty, too great an ingratitude. For tell me, where can you find a love like mine? A love which neither time nor absence nor despair can extinguish. A love which contents itself with a lost ribbon, a stray look or a chance word. It is now three years, madame, since I saw you for the first time, and during those three years I have loved you thus. My lord, I cannot. Please! Shall I tell you each ornament of your toilet? Mark, I see you now. 
you were seated upon cushions in the Spanish fashion. You wore a robe of green satin embroidered with gold and silver, hanging sleeves knotted upon your beautiful arms. Oh, those lovely arms. With large diamonds. You wore a close ruff, a small cap upon the head of the same colour as your robe, and in that cap a heron's feather. Hold! Hold! I shut my eyes, and I could see you as you then were. I open them again, and I see what you are now, a hundred times more beautiful. What folly, what folly to feed a useless passion with such remembrances. And upon what then must I live? I have nothing but memory. It is my happiness, my treasure, my hope. Every time I see you is a fresh diamond which I enclose in the casket of my heart. This is the fourth which you have let fall, and I have picked up. For in three years, madame, I have only seen you four times. The, the first, which I have described to you, the, the second in the mansion of Madame de Chevreuse, the third in the gardens of Amiens. Duke, never speak of that evening. Oh, let us speak of it. On the contrary, let us speak of it. That is the most happy and brilliant evening of my life. Do you remember what a beautiful night it was? How soft and perfumed was the air. How lovely the blue heavens and the star-enamelled sky. Ah, then, madame, I was able for one instant to be alone with you. Then you were about to tell me all. The isolation of your life, the griefs of your heart. You leaned upon my arm. Upon this, madame, I felt in bending my head toward you. Don't say it. Your beautiful hair touched my cheek, and every time that it touched me, I trembled from head to foot. Oh, queen, queen, you do not know what felicity from heaven, what joys from paradise are comprised in a moment like that. I understand it intimately. Take my wealth, my fortune, my glory, all the days I have to live for such an instant for a night like that. For that night, madame... That night you loved me, I will swear it. My lord, yes, it is possible that the influence of the place, the charm of the beautiful evening, the fascination of your look, the thousand circumstances, in short, which sometimes unite to destroy a woman, were grouped around me on that fatal evening. But, my lord, you saw the queen come to the aid of the woman who faltered. At the first word you dared to utter, at the first freedom to which the Queen, that I had to reply, I, I called for help. Yes, yes, that is true. The Queen called out, but you, you, you held your hands in mine. You would not let go until those guards dragged me away. You believed you could escape your feelings by returning to Paris, but how could you think that I would not toss aside everything to follow. What to me were all the treasures in the world, or all the kings of the earth? Duke. Duke? Duke? I was not a duke, but a man. Eight days, eight days after I was back again, madame. That time you had nothing to say to me. I had risked my life and favour to see you but for a second. And I pardoned you without a second thought. I did not even touch your hand. Yes, but calumny seized upon all those follies in which I took no part, as you well know, my lord. The king, excited by the cardinal, made a terrible clamour. Madame de Vernet was driven from me, Poutange was exiled, 
Madame de Chevreuse fell into disgrace, and when you wish to come back as ambassador to France, the king himself, remember, my lord, the king himself opposed it. Yes, and France is about to pay for her king's refusal with a war. No! I'm not allowed to see you, madame, but you shall every day hear of me. What object think you have this expedition to Ray and the league with the Protestants of La Rochelle which I am projecting? This war may bring round a peace. This peace will require a negotiator. That negotiator will be me. France will not dare to refuse me then. And I will return to Paris and I will see you again and will be happy for an instant. But thousands of men will have to pay for your happiness with their lives. Oh, what is that to me, provided I see you again? All this is perhaps folly, perhaps insanity, but tell me, what woman has a lover more truly in love? What queen a servant more ardent? My lord, my lord, you invoke in your defence things which accuse you more strongly. All these proofs of love which you would give me are almost crimes. Because you do not love me, madame. But I do... I... If you love me, you would view all this otherwise. Oh, if you love me, oh, if you love me, that would be too great happiness and I should run mad. Oh, Madame de Chevreuse was less cruel than you. Holland loved her and she responded to his love. Madame de Chevreuse was not queen. You would love me then, if you were not queen. Madame, say that you would love me then. I can believe that it is the dignity of your rank alone which makes you cruel to me. I can believe that... Had you been Madame de Chevreuse, poor Buckingham might have hoped. Oh, my poor Buckingham. I am queen. I understand. Oh, sweet words. Anne, my queen, a hundred times thanks. Oh, my lord, you have ill understood, <sighs> wrongly interpreted. I did not mean to say that it, it slipped out. Silence. Silence. If, if I am happy in an error, do not have the cruelty to lift me from it. You have told me yourself, madame, that I have been drawn into a snare. I, perhaps, may leave my life in it. For, although it may be strange, I have for some time had a presentiment that I should shortly die. Oh, my God! I do not tell you this, madame, to terrify you. No, it, it is even ridiculous for me to name it to you, and believe me, I take no heed of such dreams. But the words you have just spoken, the hope you have almost given me will have richly paid all, were it my life. Oh, but I... I also, Duke, have had presentiments. I also have had dreams. I dreamed that I saw you lying, bleeding, wounded. In the left side, was it not? And with a knife? Yes, it was so, my lord, it was so. In the left side and with a knife. Who can possibly have told you I had had that dream? I imparted it to no one but my God, and that in my prayers. I ask for no more. You love me, madame. It is enough. I love you. I... Yes. Yes! Would God send the same dreams to you as to me if you did not love me? Should we have the same presentiments if our existences did not touch at the heart? You love me, my beautiful queen. Will you weep for me? Oh my God, my God, this is more than I can bear. In the name of heaven, Duke, leave me, go. I do not know whether I love you or love you not, but what I know is that I will not be perjured. Take pity on me then, and go. Oh, if you were struck in France, 
If you die in France, I could imagine that your love for me was the cause of your death. I could not console myself. I should run mad. Depart then. Depart. I implore you. Oh, how beautiful you are, thus. Oh, how I love you. Go. Go, I implore you, and return hereafter. Come back as ambassador. Come back as minister. Come back surrounded with guards who will defend you with servants who will watch over you, and then I shall no longer fear for your days. I shall be happy in seeing you. Oh, is this true, what you say? Yes. Uh, then some pledge of your indulgence, some object which came from you may remind me that I have not been dreaming, something, something you have worn and that I may wear in my turn, a ring, a necklace, a chain. Will you depart? Will you depart if I give you that demand? Yes. This very instant. Yes. You will leave France. You will return to England. I will. I swear to you on my word. Wait then. Wait. She looked me in the eye and saw something there. Can it be she finally gives her love? I would die for it. But can the woman smuggle it to me from under the eye of the queen? My perfect Anne. Here. My lord, here. Keep this in memory of me. Your casket, madam. I will cherish the touch of your fingers on its rosewood face and think of your eyes when I gaze upon your golden cipher. You have promised me to go. And I keep my word. Your hand, madam. Your hand and I depart. My queen. Within six months, if I am not dead... I shall have seen you again, madame. Even if I have to overturn the world. We hope you've enjoyed episode 11 of The Three Musketeers. The cast in order of appearance was Olivia Adderley as Constance, Alex Kamesh as D'Artagnan, Jay Figueredo as Planchet, Sam Turnbull as Musketeer, Anthony Ford as Buckingham, Peter Furbank as Aramis, and Hannah Burnett as Queen Anne. The Three Musketeers was jointly directed by Nicole Baltablanco, Lauren Brewer, Sanya Saraf, and Daniel Mahalev. Music created by Oli Fab, main theme by Oli Fab and Kat Patalis. Editing was done by Ode Hoagie. Our Foley artists were Natalia Uemlianen Stone, and Jay Figueredo. This show is based off Alexandra Dumas' The Three Musketeers. Scripts were written by Jay Figueredo, Matthew McConkie, Isel Ibtal Salman, and Sam Turnbull. The producer team was Sophie Tice, Victoria Liberufalo, Thomas Tomlinson, and Jay Figueredo. For a full list of cast and crew, see our website. I'm Anna Truesdell. Want to support the show? Come join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash duads. That's D-U-A-D-S. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. No, Monsieur Venassier, we are not doing a prison sing-along. Oh, come now, uh, Monsieur Musketeer. Was it Athos? Uh, It's not like we have anything else to do in here. And besides, I don't get the chance to sing at home. My wife says I sound like a collection of strangled cats. Your wife, monsieur, sounds like an exceedingly wise woman. Oh, well, I'm sure she is. However, 
this would be a good chance to imitate the Red God. Well, well, in that case, I mean, with an offer like that, I can't really refuse. Ah, I knew you'd see it my way eventually. Now, <clears throat> we've waited long enough. It's time to begin the instrumental. Shattered earth to pan, rising up in the air. I saw a face in the window, but it was hid from the light. Horseless guards came and took me away to a cell for the night. The commissary signed my papers. I heard the chancellor's bell. And I was thinking to myself, I will probably end up in hell. Then I spoke to the cardinal, and he showed me the way. I heard the voices of musketeers, I thought I heard them say, Welcome to the Chateau de Bastille. Such a lovely place. Such an awful place. And they broke my face. And they broke his face. Plenty of room at the Hotel de Bastille. Any time of year. Any time of year. I'll be dying in here. Hit it! His mind is Tiffany twisted. He's got the wrong musketeer. Oh. He's got a lot of prison, prison boys He keeps locked up in here They still think I'm D'Artagnan They don't know my real name But even with my friends I guess it's the same So I called up my lackey Please bring me my wine He said absolutely nothing because I hit him all the time And still those voices are calling from far away Wake me up in the middle of the night Just to hear them say Welcome to the Chateau de Bastille such an awful place. Such an awful place. And I killed my wife. Uh, wait, you did what? Plenty of room at the Chateau de Bastille. When my friends get here. When his friends get here. I'll be leaving here. Exactly half good either. 
I think we can make the big time, Athens. What say you to the group name Jacques-Michel Bonacieux and the Musketeers? I prefer Athos, the Inseparables, and the man with a funny goatee. Oh, <clears throat> my, uh, well, my, my shattered pride aside, I think my name's more memorable. I don't see what's wrong with my goatee. Thank you for listening to Thursday Thrillers right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase bringing you the very newest in audio releases from our United Artists of Audio right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.